0: How's
1: it, guys? Welcome back to Freedom Fanatics. I'm your host Alex, and together with my beautiful colleagues Tioko and Mbali, we have a special appearance from our esteemed host of Burning Questions, Mbali, who is joining myself and Tioko. Welcome, Mbali,
2: and welcome, Tioko.
0: Thank you, you. fam. You call this beautiful? (laughs) Thank you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yesterday was Valentine's Day.
1: Exactly, guys. We've got to to share the love, and also. You know, we've got to, you know, we've got to share the love when when the topics we topics we're discussing are don't uh, fill one's heart with joy. You know, so yes. we, we've got to keep it light as as much as we can.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but on that note, let's jump straight into into our topics this week. This week we're going to do things a little bit differently. Um, we're going to focus on two news stories um, that that really caught my attention, and we we haven't re- and the the issues that FAN that we haven't expressly uh, focused on, but it does touch on so, some. Some topics that we 've covered recently, particularly with regards to policing, so the first story comes out of uh, Tijo 's home province, Limpopo, and it is about a how a young Limpopo detective put double racists ra- rapists behind bars for life. now, this story caught my attention because it we we, we spent a lot of time. Sort of speaking about how lackluster the police force is, we mm. spoke recently about uh, the the missing firearms in many of south africa 's police stations and I think w- one thing that that struck me about the story was that we've got we often hear th- about this debate around uh, gender based violence um, mm. and and it's not something that we we actually talk about a hell of a lot um, yeah. but so this story, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read some some some, some aspects of it, and essentially, uh, Detective Sergeant M- Mulalo Yvonne Manua uh, helped bring to book a rapist who had raped two women, um, and he actually had raped the one woman during his trial for a previous um, for a previous uh, <clears throat> sort of uh, instance. Okay, so. Sure. So, oh. these took place over two years. Um, mm-hmm. And what, what's quite interesting about the story is that the reason the police were able to make the arrest was because community members had had tipped off the police. Um, yeah. So, he was arrested at his workplace. People said, look, this is a guy from the village. We know who he is. We know where he works. Um, yeah. And the police then fulfilled their mandate, went through, arrested him, took him to, to trial um, in Musina. Um, and he was convicted. Um. So, yeah. f- for in this instance, Tioca, I'm going to start with you. Is that is is there hope? I think. Let me put it like this: Is is there hope for policing on a local scale when you have honest, honest policemen for starters, but mm-hmm. also who work and are from the communities that they are trying to keep safe?
2: Well let me let me i think i think first and foremost this is a very sensitive topic of course mm. but i think no matter how sensitive a topic my, uh, may be we should we should remain honest right in our analysis please. of situations first and foremost after i read the article for the first time yesterday and and, and and i found myself wondering why why did the author of this article feel the need to write such an article i think it's a good story to tell
0: but yes. i wonder
2: if i i i i wonder if we should be uploading the police for simply doing their job i mean it, 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 it it's what should happen on an ordinary basis we don't go to departments uh, uploading every cleaner because they clean properly on a daily basis they are doing their job properly uh, this mm-hmm. should become the norm police should yep. be working like this police should be listening to communities there are many instances whereby communities would report a certain individual, give police all information, and the person just happens to 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 to, to get out of the situation somehow. Uh, mm. Of course, we know how deeply corrupt uh, our police generally are in South Africa. A lot of these people pay off the police, and somehow their documents get lost and everything. So I think yeah. Mm. This is one particular story. It's, it's 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 commendable that what has been done has been done, but it's, it's, yeah. it's what should be happening, and yeah. we we shouldn't as citizens be accepting anything less than this mm. uh, from the police. It's, it's 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 their job, and they should continue doing it. And in fact, for for the most part, they should improve their job and do it mm. with more diligence than yeah they have been doing it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I mean, I guess we've just come to expect such a low standard of service. As, yes. as citizens from a police force, we, we mentioned on previous episode that the private security force is three times the size of SAPS. Um, so, so there's something really lackluster and people are out literally outsourcing that responsibility to competence. Um, okay. But I think, bef- before I jump into to another angle of this, Mbali, I want to bring you in here from the perspective of this idea of combating gender-based violence. Um, you know, I think what what's interesting here is this is a female sergeant, um, yeah. So maybe that maybe the issue for her is much closer to home and maybe resonates more. Yeah. From f- your thoughts regarding, is this where does where does this fit into tackling gender-based violence as as an issue? Because it's obviously not yeah. as Sioko mentioned; it's not straightforward. There are a lot of issues that go into this. But is this at least like a little bit of a silver lining as to beginning to kind of att- like yeah. attempt to tackle the problem
0: yeah um i think as Diego said um why are we just you know uploading this one good story that um mm. you know this lady got to convict a two-time um rapist and mm. I'll, I'll, I'll i'll answer your, your direct question but um mm. what what hurt, what stood out for me is that this person was arrested and then his work he's like he's his boss essentially, um, he's the one who bailed him out, knowing that this person raped someone and your boss and mm-hmm. bails you out. Fast forward, okay, also the, the the lady that you're talking about, um, I think it was very close to home. Hence she she made it her she made it her job to actually make sure that this guy's behind bars. And she mm-hmm. was she actually I think she mentioned in the article that it didn't make sense to her as to this person, I think spent, I stand to be corrected, plus minus six days in jail for the first time when um he was arrested. And the second mm-hmm. time they then arrest him, um, like he, I, I think it is a step in the right direction. But I don't think these are the kind of things we should be praising. Definitely, mm-hmm. it's great that it's um, it's 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 done. But I think I don't really think it's a step in the right direction. There's a lot that we need to do um, in order to to lower the the. The level of GBV in, mm. in South Africa. Uh, there's a lot that needs to be done. But I think kudos to her for doing that. Um, mm. I wish a lot more um, of our detectives can take these stories and, you know, make sure justice is done for the victims.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I think it's good. I think we, we've got to keep honest about the level of service that that we, we receive and, and safety and security uh, as we've seen in polling. Uh, particularly brought out by the Institute of Race Relations shows that, be, after jobs, safety and security is is the most important consideration. It also informs a lot of emigration uh, that that we're seeing currently in the country. But um, yeah, I, th- I think w- the one thing that that stood out to me from this is that she's been a a, a sergeant for seventeen years and she's only thirty five. Um, and I think you know what I mean. We've got to keep um, we've got to keep experience in the ranks of the police. Um, and ho- hopefully this can be some sort of an incentive in a sort of i yeah. mean it's it's a, it's a drop in the ocean but i think it's yeah. just an interesting thing it's just a, for me just taking a little sort of a a, a, a journey into you know this idea of gender based violence um policing linking it to the competency of of our public police force but yeah. um i think i think let's leave, let's leave it there um, the the next uh, story that uh, that caught my attention was um, the Twane, uh, city of Tswane cutting off power from uh, re- certain businesses and and residents. Um, and, and I'm very curious to get your guys thoughts, so i'm gonna I'm gonna run the clip um, mm-hmm. and then and then we'll we'll dive into it. so let's let's have a watch.
0: With just our first story. residential estates are next on the city of Tswane's hot list. Has been cutting off power supply for default customers the city says it will continue disconnecting businesses and other government agencies owing money
3: our intention is indeed to proceed with uh, more disconnections next week and over the coming weeks Um, it will be targeting uh, residential estates uh, that have not gotten their accounts in order Um, and are not making payment arrangements. Also businesses and other government agencies that we still haven't been able to get to yet. Um, Our teams were somewhat hamstrung this week because some of them were responding to electricity outages. And so we do need to uh, make sure that our teams are coupled with electricians who can uh, proceed with these disconnections. But that is very much our plan. What we will also be doing is we will be doing uh, almost mop-up operations on the areas that we've already been to. Because one of the recurring issues is that people illegally reconnect uh, their electricity. And in some of the areas and some of the places that we targeted when we went to disconnect, we found that indeed there was an illegal connection in place, which we then impose a fine on. But one of the things that we also do is we introduce RIP connections, which are effectively that if you have um, illegally reconnected or you have tampered with our infrastructure, we then RIP out. Your entire electricity box um, and pull the cables out, such that you cannot make any form of illegal connection. So we'll also be doing a bit of that uh, in the coming week. All
1: right. So I love it honestly. Your thoughts? <laughs> you
0: no, know, man. I was. I was really. I, I'm really. I'm really happy with it. I'm not gonna lie. Um, it's a bit hectic that the pulling out your whole electricity box. No. But anyway. Um, and it was just, okay, what what took me back was how most of these institutions are big institutions. I think it was Tux University, I, I'm not sure. I think it was one of those universities, yeah. PTA. And I'm just like, why are such big institutions not paying their electricity bill? Mm. But let it be a student who doesn't pay their fees. Trust me, their <laughs> marks, their exam marks are gonna be held back. But I'm very I'm very happy with what they're doing. Like, i am i
2: wish i could go help them <laughs> well i think municipalities are encrusted with the responsibility of delivering services uh mm. as, as as one of their descriptive job descriptions as a municipality as a whole and so so as to deliver services you obviously need funds and one wonders where residents think that funds for for, for delivering services would come from if they are not mm. paying uh, the municipality rates and say uh, and, and, and the money due to it for services uh, delivered, but of course it's, it's it's a bit of a complex matter though, because uh, in certain instances you find that you residents businesses have been paying money to the municipality faithfully so year in year out, uh, mm. but the money was being stolen, services were not being delivered. As a result, people become disgruntled and stop paying. For services and 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 levies, you know, but in in such an instance, whereby you have a new government in place, a government that seems ready to deliver services and everything, then they do need the capital so as to carry mm. out uh, that mandate. And yeah, so I'm in mean, full support of them running if, after everyone who, who who owes them. I mean, some of these people are businesses, hotels, and everything. Mm. You wouldn't dare go and stay in a hotel free of charge. They want their money for for services that they render for you, right? Same thing mm. should apply with the municipality. It's rendering services. It should get what what is due to them. Sure. Mm.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's it's. I mean, it's tant- tantamount to theft. Uh, I in, in in its bare bones. I mean, if if you don't um, you know you don't go to you don't go to a coffee mm. shop and walk out with a a latte and think, "Lekka, I'm gonna just uh, not pay for this." Um, yeah. But I think, yeah, I, I think it's it's interesting because we know load shedding specifically is such a big issue in South Africa and it's something that that really rattles everyone's cage um and the issue of municipalities not paying ESCOM is a big issue um and I think you know when you have uh, municipal city outlets taking it upon themselves to actually recoup costs um I think it's drastic but it's it's probably you know we, we can't be brought down to the standards of the governing party in terms of the looting you know you don't you don't just see what the big brother's doing and and emulate what they're doing but i think the the, the, other, the other thing that the other point that that this highlights is the issue of uh, is in yoga you know um people out here with illegal connections um but i think that that's also just got to do with a, how do we from a community level because when we spoke about reg apart last week they also highlighted that as a big issue so i'm going to start with you on this one where do you think where, where do you think the problem lies when it comes to is yoga with and when it comes to illegal connections and how do we go about solving that because obviously there's a desire for electricity is it maybe not being provided how do we begin to understand it as an issue
2: well i think the issue is is, is a bit complex as well it would require mm-hmm. much more time to, to really delve into it but part of the issue has been people who go and occupy land that was not officially handed to them by the government that it's 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 land that you can stay on and so when you stay at such land obviously services would not be delivered services like electricity will not be delivered to such an area particularly because some of these areas are are, are, are flood are at risk of of of, of having floods and then that's part of why people are not allowed to stay there right so mm-hmm. as soon as people stay in such areas as, as per the advice of people like Julius Malema, who have told everyone to occupy land wherever they get it, you stay in such an area, the government does not deliver services to you in such an area because it's not a safe area for any human being to be staying, then such people in in a lot of instances end up um, stealing electricity mm. in in immense terms really from from other areas and i think part of the problem has been the community not standing up against such people and mm. of course we know that uh, uh, the issue of Izinyoga also has and, and 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 it also adds to the crisis that we have at escom in rural areas such as here in limpopo so mm. many people are bridging electricity and as a result uh, uh, the whole thing becomes too much baggage on escom's part Whereas such people are not paying for the services and stuff, ESCOM then doesn't have enough resources to, 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 to service its infrastructure and everything. But of course, ESCOM mm. has its own issues in itself. But yeah, I was just trying to highlight how, how complex the mm. matter is. But yeah, a lot of times it's people who are staying in places where they are not allowed to stay and services cannot be brought there. They end up stealing them and yeah, bringing them home for themselves.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a vicious cycle of. You know, you've got people moving to areas probably to look for better opportunities. Um, and the state of service delivery actually just really can't keep up uh, w- with with that, that demand. But I think on that point, guys, I think uh, let us dive into Burning Questions. Don't forget to follow Fan at Badger of Liberty. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, as well as Twitter and TikTok at Badger of Liberty. So without further ado, Mbali is going to lead us through this week's Burning Questions. Let's go.
0: and welcome to another episode of burning questions um thanks alex for that um so guys today we are checking out another code card you know that's that's how we roll burning questions and um this code card comes from and it says south africa will fall if it continues along the current economic path this is very easy straight to the point he's you know I don't think we need further explanation as to what he's actually saying. Um, so I'll start with uh, Diego. What do you think of um, of this quote card? Is this statement true?
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I I, I agree with what has been said a hundred percent. I think we we are really moving in, in in the wrong direction as far as our economics are concerned as a country. And if we don't turn things around as soon as possible, well, immediately, then yeah, yeah we might in future find ourselves in a Zimbabwe situation. It, it does seem like we are headed there.
0: Well, guys, Policy I'm
2: positions sorry. such as, come again?
0: Let's not let's not be like Zimbabwe.
2: I'm sorry. Yo, know, I Zimbabwe hope Zimbabwe we all get. <laughs> I hope we don't get there, but all indicators, yeah. all economic indicators, uh how things are going in the country, it does look like we are we are going there slowly
0: but surely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, that is sad, dear. I don't think yeah. you were meant to say that. <laughs> anyway, just <let's laughs> comment, the first comment um or this code card, and it it reads, South Africa has already fallen and impossible to fall any further. It's at the bottom and drowning fast. Alex, are we drowning fast? Are we at the bottom? Are we already fallen, as um, Christine is saying?
1: Um, I I understand the cynicism, but um, Mm -hmm. I think rock bottom looks a a hell of a lot worse. Um, I think we get glimpses in various places of what rock bottom can look like, Um, but I I definitely don't think all is lost. I think we we are still a, a, a modern economy, um, you know, we, we do have at least some economic growth, um, some service delivery in, in, in certain areas. Um, so I, th- I think what's important is for people to look around them at their immediate uh, circumstances. Uh, you know, your personal life, you know, you can get very, very um, pessimistic about what's happening in the country. And obviously, for generation of wealth, their prospects are, are, are not good, um, yeah. you know, you know, um, you know the the rand's losing value. Um, you know we we poorer, we essentially poorer than we were uh, five yeah. years ago from a sort of a purchasing parity point of view. Um, so I, I think there's still lots of reasons for optimism, but I think there is a, a, a an onus on South Africans to just continue demanding reform. Um, you know we had Sona last week where we were promised yeah. pipe dreams, and things we've heard for the last four years. Um, I know Tiagos been thinking about, writing about it this week, so I'm sure, you know, let's think about it in, in, in the context of Sona, all these promises that the government wants to achieve, social compacts, you know, this, um, yeah. you know, how do we actually get thing, get things going, going full steam ahead?
0: And how some of these promises have changed, because I think the last Sona the president was like, the government will create jobs, and then he comes back and says, businesses <laughs> are the ones that create jobs. I was like, sir, but anyway, let's go to the next comment of um the week. Um well, he was so,
2: wrong. Man. just to say exactly. quickly, the government <laughs> the beginning. <laughs> so we are glad that now he's back to his senses. But
1: but you know, just on that, I think it's so it's almost like because he's promised it for four years, now he thinks mm. that now it's an admission that, oh, actually, you know, the private sector creates jobs. And it's like actually because we failed at creating uh. an environment. What what makes me so angry is he says private sector creates jobs, but they're making it so difficult for people to create jobs. Exactly. Man. But dude,
0: exactly. I'm just like dude. Anyway, let's go to Louise's comment and it reads Get rid of the deadwood in our party. I hope that is party. Bring in fresh ideas. They've run out of any thought or think of or thinking text. Same old, same old. Uh, Louise, we here. Fan, think tank, Institute of Race Relations, we here. But anyway, um, Diego, I don't know. Fresh ideas. What fresh ideas do we need in in South Africa in order for this economy to come back to life?
2: Well, I don't think I don't think we need necessarily need fresh ideas. I I just yeah. think we need the right set of ideas um, to be pushed in Parliament. I don't think that the, the, the matter is so much the people who who are in parliament right now uh the matter is is there's much more about what they stand for so even if you were to bring new people into parliament with whatever fresh ideas they could still come with fresh ideas that are really nonsensical and and and, and, and carry no weight you know right. so i i i don't think i don't think we necessarily have to come up with fresh ideas i think the 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 the, the there are ideas that have already been carried out in countries such as Switzerland, ideas that have been carried out in a province like the Western Cape. We mm. could, yeah, just adopt some of those ideas. Things like the minimum wage. We know that countries that have adopted the stance of not having a minimum uh, um, 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 wage in their countries, for example, are doing far better than us, economically speaking. Mm. Uh, yeah. Things such as as as, as BE and staff, Um, all these policy positions that seek to Place people in positions based on the, your skin color, your gender, things about ourselves that we cannot change, we cannot control, we cannot enhance. I mean, I can't enhance my my, my skin color. I can't enhance my penis. Yeah. I can't I can't change it into what well, you I'm can. Sure. But yeah, <laughs> but 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 we, we need reach, to start more. Get. We need we yeah you can. But 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 it doesn't it doesn't change the skills the skills that I have. It doesn't change my mm-hmm. knowledge. We need to yeah. focus more on that. Focus yeah. more on skills, focus more on knowledge. That's what's gonna get us uh, far as a country, rather than this whole nonsensical thing of, of, of focusing on private parts and skin colours. It's it's nonsensical mm-hmm. and it must be called out for exactly what it is.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, and Alex in the comment, um Louise then says there are no think tanks in South Africa. I presume that's what you'll say. There are no think tanks in South Africa. What do you What do you say? What do you have to say about mm-hmm. this? And give us maybe a few names of <laughs> think tanks that you do know, what they are about, and what they do.
1: No, of course. I mean, there's. I think there's a very active civil society in South Africa. Um, okay. You know, of course, the the Institute of Race Relations, which uh, right. you know we we, we work with. Um, you know, I, like ourselves. You know, you've got uh, you've we've got places like the Helen Suzman Foundation, uh, Free Market Foundation. I mean, there's, there's tons. There really are so many. Yeah. Um, and I think even just ordinary South Africans have better ideas than what's going on um, mm-hmm. at the moment. Um, and I, I think the one thing is that it, there were some fresh ideas that came out of Sona last week. Now yeah. the government wants to reserve jobs for South Africans only um, as a means to overcome unemployment levels, but at the same time can't provide enough electricity, and also, like Tejo says, pursues race-based policies, has onerous labor regulations. Mm. You know, it's just like, guys, you're missing the point. It's not about fresh ideas. Look, to be fair, the guiding document of the ANC, the National Democratic Revolution, was drawn up in the 1960s, so I think Kirsten's definitely onto something in that regards. The, The ideas are there. They just need to the government just needs to adopt more free market thinking. Um, yeah. But, you know, then you start coming into thing clashing with the idea of cadre deployment which keeps the ANC moving. So, you know, it's uh, it's just that there's no political will to actually make things better. Yeah,
0: no, definitely. Um, guys, let's go to the levels. last comment. Yes, you can
2: carry People on. Just um, in there. I was about to say that insert. I'm one of those who believe that it's insane that we we have such taxes in, in in South Africa as well. Things like taxes, the government should look into reducing taxes. Uh, in that way, uh, private companies get to have more money staying in their wallets. They can create jobs. Ordinary citizens get to have more money that can flow in the economy, and yeah, it helps with with, with in, in terms of, of of reducing the government as well and and allowing people more freedom and power to do to run their own shows outside. The corridors of the government sure
0: yeah. yeah definitely definitely agree the last comment um yeah it reads south africa will fail only if people like you in the position that you are in do not stand up and make a statement or do something in the leading up to new heights it's a personal attack mr uh, dudoit uh, alex i think i'll, I'll start with you um people like you in the position that you're in i don't know man mm. i think i think mr Dudoit is projecting but i don't know alex go for it
1: uh, th- i think i think he's uh i think he's probably referring to lumkile mondi um mm. so i think l- at least then we don't have to to take the fall there. Yeah. Yeah, but I, oh. I mean it's it's a weird kind of projection um it's not the job of an economist an elect economics lecturer to stand up and make a statement he's made a statement that's what yeah. we've just shown he's made a statement yeah. um so i mean look there there's there's things that that people can do to to uh you know stand up to government to to advocate for for free market pol- policies and Lumkile mondi is one of those those economists who yeah. does uh you know he does research he he is one of the leading economists in south africa so i think mm-hmm. you know if we're talking referring like to the previous comment about fresh ideas you know mm-hmm. if the government Consulted someone like Nkila Mondi, yeah. who knows how to get an economy going. Then we would we would solve the problem. So I think maybe the the the, the attack is maybe a little bit misdirected. But like as yeah. as Tio said, like these ideas are not rocket science. Um, yeah. But I think the onus is on us at Fan and people watching this to mm-hmm. demand from government to keep pressure on, whether it's through yeah. writing emails to councillors, whether it's through you know, liking a pro-liberty post on Facebook where they're sharing it with a friend. Um mm. that that's you know it's spreading spreading the ideas that will actually help.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um guys, I don't know, Diego, do you have anything to add before we close off the show?
2: Yeah, well I could just say in short that I think I agree with everything Alexa said. And and mm-hmm. and in addition to that, I think that South Africa will fall if each one of us, every citizen of this country does not get up and, 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 and become active, responsible citizens who, who, who yeah. on a daily basis, seek to, to, to protect our constitutional democracy, seek to protect uh, 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 our, 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 our economics, how everything is ran in the country. So I think it would take yeah. each one of us, every citizen, when we get to, to, to the ballots, for example, during votes, vote responsibly yeah. number one. Number yeah. two, throughout the season that the government of the, whatever government would have elected would be in government, hold them to accountable. It, it doesn't take yeah. an economist or a celebrity to, to do these things. An ordinary citizen, I, I, I'm allowed, even I myself right now, if if I hear rumors that in a municipality here, some people are Chawi man and whatnot, I can, as an ordinary citizen, citizen go to to, to, mm. to the police station and report that thing. So I think it would take... Each one of us, every citizen, yeah. when you hear that, when you see your neighbor illegally connecting, uh, electricity, bridging electricity, mm. report that to the police. When you yeah. see someone getting into a shop and grabbing something, taking it without paying, report that person to the police. So if we all stood up and became responsible citizens, I think, yeah, we would be able to save South Africa. No no individual is coming to save us. That's, yeah, that's my I whole take.
0: That is very true. So, guys, go out there and save South Africa. Be a responsible citizen. Um, And remember, (laughs) your freedom is worth fighting for.